Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2004, and my agency was doing business with Church's Chicken headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, and we needed folks on the ground to help us as we supported them with their strategic communications. Working with BLH Consulting, owned by Betsy Helgogger Hughes, who was my colleague or former colleague from Ketchum Public Relations, she put me in contact with a young man named Matt Stevens. Matt was a freelance public relations person, and he was always there when I needed him, and he had just the polish that I needed for client-facing interactions when I couldn't be there. Fast forward to 2019, and my friend Matt has established himself as a political pundit on the national scale. He started out as a blogger, then became a YouTuber, and before long, CNN, MSNBC, the BBC and others all begin to call him on a regular basis and to this day continue to do so. There's so much going on in the world right now, especially in the United States of America. Mind you, the pandemic is global, but you remember those three beasts of the apocalypse that I wrote about in No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say, I'll Just Include Myself? I've mentioned them on the show too. They're still having their day. In fact, even though we have a new leader at the helm, the highest office in the nation, state-level government continues to stink in some states. We get into all of that. We talk about the latest in vaccine distribution. We talk about work-at-home moms and moms of color who've been hit the hardest by the pandemic and the economic fallout when it comes to joblessness. We even talk about (sighs) what sparked a civil rights awakening around the globe, the killing of George Floyd and the trial of the police officer at whose hands he perished. Without further ado, I bring to you Matt Stevens, political pundit and YouTuber. Let's get it. Everybody, I'm so excited to have my dear friend Matt Stevens all the way from Atlanta, Georgia with me today for the Culture Soup Podcast. He is the founder of the Matt Minute in Politics on YouTube. You can find him there once a week, I think. How often? Uh, sometimes two to three times a week. That's so. right. Because I see you on Instagram dropping the yeah. videos and they look really good. Yeah, we have another one dropping today. Oh, gas prices. Lots to talk about, you know, and I did yeah. mention that he's from Georgia. We're going to get mm-hmm. back around to that. But mm-hmm. what I want to do is bring us up to speed since the last time we spoke, Matt. Ooh. Gosh, um, it was last year. And Where do we start? Yeah. <laughs> it's been so much. I know it was during the pandemic. It was probably springtime, I want to say. Yeah. Just and as so, we went into lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've been we've been through a lot politically politically. 
obviously personally with everybody uh, making adjustments for the you know the virus and now the vaccine rollout and hopefully life prayerfully getting back to some level of normalcy at some point this year as we continue to go through the vaccine rollout new variants come out you know every week it's something now it's the politics news political news yeah. is like attacking us from every angle and all of that so just well you know i like to frame craziness. up this conversation around the three beasts of the apocalypse is what i've called it and in fact i wrote about it in no thanks seven ways to say i'll just include myself it's the backdrop to everything right now and that means it's all about leadership at the mm-hmm. time it was very broken at the highest levels yeah. of our country it's it's broken in other places too um but now, I mean, I feel like there's a sense of calm because we don't at least have the drama to look forward to or blindside us every day on Twitter. Right. You agree? I totally agree with that. Twitter has been a much more enjoyable place <laughs> now that a certain former guy is not there. Yeah. I, mm. you know, I, I always have loved Twitter, but it it has extra special meaning now that there's a certain someone that is not there. And it's interesting because so. I actually blocked him. But I still saw the garbage because people would retweet <laughs> yeah. and all this kind of thing. I, I didn't block him. I actually had him on a list so you can have him on a list without following him. Mm, so. Smart. Mm. I might have to consider yeah. that for some other folks. Because politics, I mean, I of course, you know, have to kind of know what's going on. Right. So there's always that. Right. Like, so oh. you know what? Before we start beheading each one of these beasts, why don't we have a culture suit moment? Okay. Works for me. Awesome. Okay, great. So... There are are two other heads, but I want to talk about what's happening with the vaccine and the pandemic. You know, you can't really swing a hashtag without seeing somebody showing a sticker or showing them actually getting the shot. People are getting vaccines, but it's not all the same in every state. Mm -mm. No, the vaccine rollout started really um, state oriented under Trump. And it uh, it had started a bit under Trump, but he and the federal government really decided that that was going to be a priority and a job for the states. And so that's how you have states like West Virginia, who were out in front and really leading that effort. And then you had other states like Georgia that were kind of like, well, we might put a shot in an arm today. We might wait two more days mm-hmm. and put two more shots in You know, it's really, really chaotic. So, um, but yeah, now that we are, I think we're doing... 2 million a day at yeah. least. I know we've it's hit over 3 million. Yeah, so this vaccine rollout is really um really important, but it's also important for another reason because of the other variants and the other waves of the virus that are now circulating in Europe. What happens in Europe with with COVID usually comes to America 2 3 4 weeks later. Right. And so that's why we're seeing a surge in cases now because uh they have seen a surge in cases in Europe. Well, you know, it's interesting because huh, we're we're trying to get back to some degree of normalcy, whatever that is, right. yeah. <laughs> whatever that <laughs> <I know>. is. <laughs> it's just amazing to see the shift in the public opinion of mm, these vaccines yeah. early on. And rightfully so. You had a lot of people of color, mainly black folks that were like, I don't mm. know about this vaccine. I yeah. remember what y'all did to us back in slavery and beyond. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where you tested it, these things out on us in it wasn't good for us. You know, it it, it wasn't a good thing. So there was a trust issue there and, you know, rightfully so they did a great campaign and and won a lot of folks over. You still have some folks that are black that are still questioning it, but now you're beginning to see more white people 
who are Republican mm-hmm. who are yeah. like, I don't trust it, which is crazy to me because their guy snuck and got yeah. the vaccine, first of all. He's out there trying to take credit for it, always has had yeah. tried to take credit for this vaccine. And now they don't want anything to do with it because somebody else is in office. Right. Well, they don't. I think they don't want anything to do with it because remember, originally he was saying that COVID wasn't a thing mm-hmm. until he got COVID, mm-hmm. and that oxygen level got really, really, really low, and he, like uh, he was almost on the ventilator at yes. one point. Yeah. So now that he kind of silently got the vaccine, which would have been an admission that oh, COVID was a real thing, right? Um, he's uh, his supporters have still stuck with him, and decided that. Mm, you know, that whole COVID mask wearing, distancing thing, it's not really. But it's know, odd because they, they kind of pick and choose. Because yeah, they could have yeah. picked the parts that said, well, he got the vaccine. I can get the vaccine. Yeah. And and then after even after he got the vaccine, remember, after they found out that he had the vaccine uh, in the past couple of weeks, he still has never really publicly come out and said you need to get the vaccine there have been some soft mentions mm-hmm. of it i know that he did recently but nothing like participating in a campaign or in any way in his way that is so famous is really taking credit for and pushing it with him out front you he know you mentioned that. campaigns i was thinking right then about the former presidents that got together even jimmy carter yeah. propped himself up <laughs> right georgia boy too and yeah. was like yeah, I'll be in that clip. I'll be in that yeah. campaign. At 95, 96, 97, something like that years old. Yeah. He did it. Yep. But it's wow. just interesting because, and I'm sure those folks are very gracious. They probably invited him along as yeah. much as there is tension. Sure. <laughs> You're being nice. Okay. Being very nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad that they did it without him. Yeah. You know, we that needed it, that. Because it's that important. It's, yeah. Very interesting. And, you know, of course, that's the second beast of the apocalypse, the pandemic. And the pandemic, of course, Mm. comes with its whole economic stress. You know, I heard the jobless numbers again this morning. This is new since we talked yesterday. Oh, yeah. Moms and women. I mean, I'm a witness. We are getting it hard. And women of color, moms of color, we are, are having a hard time. Now, I got a little bit of relief because... What, six weeks ago, I looked at my baby girl, I said a prayer, and I realized that after a year of online school, one, it was not good for her. She could not, she's eight. She could not concentrate. Home is where you relax, you watch TV, you play. It was hard to sit and look at a Zoom the whole time. Her grades were beginning to fall. And I was frustrated because my entire business it's being run out of my home right now. There's no traveling. Mm. There's no office right now. I mean, I could go, but I don't. I needed to be here with my child. But six exactly. weeks ago, I said, you know what? I have not heard of any of your classmates contracting COVID. And I like the safety precautions. I'm going to call the principal and see if you can go back to school. Now, they would have made her wait till the mm. um, after spring break. But when I call the principal, bless her heart. I love Miss Sterling. Shout out to (laughs) Grand Prairie ISD. But listen, she said, if you want to bring her tomorrow, you can. The angels sang. Okay. Oh. (laughs) I can hear your car Yes, Lord. Old 100s. (laughs) Old 100s were just 
just echoing, echoing, echoing in my home. I believe and it. And Joni was a little afraid at first, you know, because okay. she was yeah. like, is it safe, mommy? Right. She'd been having bad dreams all throughout. Mommy, are you going to yeah. die? You know, Gabby and Pablo going to wow. die? She was concerned. Yeah. But the minute I said, baby, it's safe, she was like, yes! <laughs> okay. I know that's right. <laughs> but if you think about it, and I just have one daughter, and yeah, I'm a mm-hmm. mom in chief, but there are parents who have more than one kid. They are mm-hmm. married. doesn't matter. But somebody had to be home, and let's call it what it is, homeschool the kids. Right. You're right. Um, yeah, that's been a, a big issue because of, I mean, there's obviously childcare involved. There's, um, you know, moms and dads having to now be at home themselves if they were corporate. And now you're trying to like navigate all of that. Uh, it, you know, this pandemic has presented so many issues. And, and, and I think that, I hope at least that parents are starting to see or feel that uh, the administration and and not just the administration from a government perspective, but people around them are supporting them uh, through this time because it's so important. But yeah, this pandemic has presented, if you talk about mom and chiefs, I mean, if we could go uh, two levels higher than that yeah. about what we've seen from parents and even in your daughter's case from our kids, yeah. you know, she's eight and she's worried about is school safe yeah in the sense that's you know, not something I really that i don't even think had that on my mind at eight. we gave enough attention to the mental health and well-being mm, yeah. of our children through this i think we just decided oh they're resilient they'll be they'll okay be fine. yeah it's our zoomed, kids are impacted okay. and we will probably see some results later mm-hmm. oh most definitely oh yeah w- without a doubt anybody under that kind of stress under these kind of headlines that much death, you know, 2020, I just saw this morning, was one of the deadliest years for the United States, period, just in any form of death. Mm. Um, and our children are taking that in. They're ch- taking in the stress of the parents, uh, what they're seeing in the household, not being able to interact with other kids um, for various reasons, other family members for various reasons. Yeah, it's it, we'll, we'll definitely see it. Well, and you know, I teach a class at Texas Christian University. And okay. it's been online since mid-spring, like right before spring break last year. So this is okay. my third semester. And, you know, the students at TCU are not hurting. The, these are not, you know, economically mm. strapped individuals. Right. Um, okay. My sister, however, teaches at the community college. And it's just been a struggle to see who has access to Internet. But back mm. to TCU. Just looking in their faces, and I don't care how privileged they are, these kids have been impacted, for mm. real. And then some of them came down with it and still trying oh, to yeah. struggle with yeah. how to do school in the midst of it. Some of them, all the way from wherever they're from, living in their dorms or living in their apartments, not going to class, wow. but doing it online. And parents questioning, you know, what is my money really buying? I mean, this is stressful. It really is. It really is. I teach an online class and it's, I've had students that have contracted it. Um, it, it becomes an accessibility issue for some. Mm-hmm. I had a, recently I had a mom that had to drop out because everybody in the house contracted COVID, mm. all four kids. And, and she did. And she said just to be on the safe side, she was going to 
uh, dropped the class because she didn't know where the virus was going to take her and her children. Yeah. Um, luckily, they were doing fine at the time when she dropped the class. But still, you know, multiply that out is like, yeah, it, it definitely has unimaginable consequences. Well, Things and you know we what? I got to veer back to the first of. beast of the apocalypse in this leadership mm-hmm. on the state level. We have seen so many different scenarios mm. when it comes to how these vaccines are being passed out and administered yep. and then how these governors are even treating opening up. Now, I'm in Texas and our governor wide open. <laughs> wide open. I don't claim him. <laughs> like right. what is he thinking? Yeah. He like lifts the mask mandate right at the peak. Of death and destruction. No, no, no. But you know what? Proud of Texans, business owners especially, they were like, you wearing your mask if you're coming in here or you're not getting any business. Uh, Thank God. (laughs) But Georgia, you guys never really closed. We never really closed. Um, I know that Atlanta has taken a lot of heat uh, because, uh, particularly in the Black community, because it's been wide open during the pandemic. That is more so, like you said, the state of Georgia. Uh, our uh, Atlanta's mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, she tried to close. Um, she was had a plan laid out, you know, with tears and all that type of stuff, uh, tears of the plan, and you know tried to close, but the governor overruled her. So the governor has the final say in Georgia. So uh, yeah, it pretty much stayed open with a. It wasn't a mask mandate, but it was more so like a, a mask suggestion, a, a a mask you know thought, you know that if you will. So <laughs> yeah, that's what we did here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if the mask happens to just wrap around your ears, yes. then great. You know, there move you forward go. with it. But but you saw a business level kind of and personal level uh, type of mask adherence here. Because a lot of business owners, a lot of people like myself, uh, just regular citizens, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. I don't want to be on a ventilator. No. I don't want my mother. I don't want to die alone. Exactly. You know, I don't want to die of something that's preventable. And, you know, the science is showing that masks work. But that's really, it's been, I, I would say that, I guess, Georgia is mirroring Texas in that way and that the people and the businesses have decided. Well, there's another way that Georgia is making new ground. And we're hearing mm. statements oh. from big corporations <laughs> this morning. Um, yes. Delta's CEO has come out. You know, Coca-Cola has had a strong stance. Um, Not really sure what kind of impact this is going to have. But what are they talking about? What has gone down in Georgia that could go down in Texas? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Just the the wholesale suppression of black and brown votes uh, in the state of Georgia. You know, just a small little thing like that. Nothing to see here, you know, nothing to worry about. Uh, but no, uh, voter suppression has really taken off in Georgia. Not that it ever was not here. Let sure. Me, let me start that's how we by get, saying that. Yeah, that's how we get our hero. That's how we get a Stacey Abrams. Superwoman. Superwoman, right, because of um, voter suppression and her run for governor in 2018, where the election was stolen from her. But um, after Trump, um, after he lost in November... And we went into a runoff here in Georgia where um, nobody cleared 50 percent in the Senate runoff in the Senate race. So then it goes into a runoff. The top two candidates run against each other. So John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock won. They're both Democrats. And that was January the 5th. We now know what happened on January yes, 6th. Yes, goodness. The world yes. has just really come unglued. 
in the it course has. of 18 months. It, it has. And even January 6th aside, an important date in Georgia uh, for 2021 is January 13th. That was the day, I think it was that week that the Georgia legislature went back yes. into session. Georgia it was General right Assembly before went back the inauguration. Yeah. And one of the first things that they decided to do was take up a very um, actually separate, um, separate but equally forceful and restrictive voting um, voter suppression bills in both the House and Senate. Very long story short, between the week of January 13th and March 25th, when it was signed into law, um, you had these bills combined. Now you're looking at restricted access um, at ballot at uh, ballot drop boxes. You're looking at restrictions on absentee balloting, uh, the amount of days that you have for early voting, even things. Now it's a misdemeanor in Georgia to give people food and water. That's yes, so food crazy. And water. That, that is so crazy. While they're in line, the food and water has to be distributed 150 feet away from the uh, polling, the outside location. The outside. And you know what, people? The, you know what this is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Georgia turned blue. Georgia turned Thanks blue. Thanks to uh, a yeah, lot of people of color. Yeah. And people are big mad. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, what this they is. Are. They don't want that to happen again. So they're going to rig the thing. Uh, Joe Biden won by like 12,000 votes here. They recounted three times, uh, both electronically and by and, and hand-counted uh, paper. Five million votes. Joe Biden won all three recounts by 12,000 votes. Um, so you have that. Back to the restrictions. One thing that I left off, and I think this is probably the most important restriction that's not getting a lot of press, is now they set up a state election board. Well, they already had one, but now uh, the state legislature gets to pick the people that are on the state election mm -hmm. board, okay? Um, they get to pick, like, most of the people on the board. If they decide that in, say, a Democratic county like Fulton, which is where Atlanta is, if they decide that, you know what, the election's not being run correctly here, we're going we're gonna to step in and we're going to help you run yeah, the election. Right. I don't like how those results came out. You know what? Let's try to try that. You know what again. an affront this is to good Americans everywhere. Let me tell you why. Yeah. The people who volunteer to run the polls mm -hmm. are of every political ilk. Yep. They are not there to sway anything. They're there to get the job done. Right. And knowing that you have Republicans as well as Democrats, counting votes, making sure that the polling worked out great. What a mm. personal affront to those volunteers, yeah. those patriots, those Americans who right. are just doing their job. Yeah. What an affront to people like John Lewis, yeah. who spent his career fighting for voting, literally fighting for voting rights. What about all the lawsuits that were filed in the 80s, 70s, 60s? You know, going back and how the long history, decades and generations of people who fought for the right to vote. And then we know John Lewis passed away in mid-July and here it is in January in the state where he was a representative, that same legislature decides that they're going to enact now the most restrictive uh, contraction of voting rights of any state mm. since the 2020 election. Mm. Iowa, did, Iowa did theirs too, but theirs wasn't as, they signed theirs into law, but it wasn't as restrictive as Georgia. Yeah.
speaking of John Lewis, speaking of civil mm-hmm. rights, let's get to this third beast of the apocalypse. Okay. There is a man who lost his life in the Minnesota streets to a police yes. officer and several mm-hmm. of his colleagues. In the middle oh. of the street, right outside of a grocery store, convenience store, I don't know which it is, right. Cup Foods. And if you recall, the world came unglued, and rightfully so. Right. Now, we're looking at the trial of the officer. Mm. Right. And you told me something the other day, because I was like, we're going <laughs> to talk about this. What did you say to me? I said that I am not watching the trial. Mm. And that is a personal decision uh, that I've taken on purpose because of, with, especially with this pandemic, with everything going on, is like I try to limit all of what I'm taking in because sometimes you tend to take on the energy of that thing. Um, I also feel like uh, with any trial, you know, it's really up to, we're just bystanders watching at home. Yeah. It's up to the judge the jury, the prosecution defense, and any witnesses that they call. We can't influence it in that way legally. Right. And, and because of, you know, I participated in some of the, um, the protests last year and, and that, that type of thing, I did, or we continue to do our part as people, but for that, to relive all of that energy, to relive what happened and to watch those people who were there, who have had to live with that trauma for all these months since, I just decided, like, you know what, I'll get a little bit every day. I'll get, you know, my updates, but I'll leave the trial to those, to the, the powers that be and the forces that yeah, be. Yeah, so for you, you know, it really comes down to self-care. And I got to tell you, yeah. we were on the line yesterday and afterwards... I had a couple of coaching sessions and then I had a very, very late lunch. In fact, it was 4.49 Central Time, which is kind of dinner. But I sat in front of my television in the family room and was just going to have CNN on in the background. And it was literally impossible because now they're showing the never before seen footage of the Mm. police body cams of this poor man who was now gone crying for his life in ways that we've never seen it happen before and i literally i i I wouldn't look up i was trying to eat yeah then i realized i can't eat and then i said i need to eat and i turned off the television yeah it was heart-rending and if they say heart-wrenching on national television one more time (laughs) (laughs) heart-wrenching is not a word it's heart-rending but it was heart-rending I wanted yeah, to cry. It, and I was like, I I can't cry right now. I need to eat. I need to right. eat. This is too much. It comes down to simple acts like that. Sometimes it is about, do I watch or do I eat? This is an act of self-care or am I going to continue to let myself go deeper into, into this? Um, and I think you told me at some point that uh, someone that, that you know and you're close with had said that it was like season 400 of, yes. you know, this reality show. We know what the ending is going to be. I agree with Yeah, agree shout with out to Soka Mom. Because yeah. oh, that yeah. is okay, yeah. another sentiment that I'm hearing from people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to watch it because you've been there before. You've been there before. We've been there before. Take us all the way back to Rodney King. Exactly. 
and you know whether he's found guilty or not, it A, doesn't bring George Floyd back. No. And B, it doesn't really solve the underlying issue, of not just his death, but what led someone to feel that they had that much ownership over his life, you know? So, it, yeah, I, I get it. It's too much. It's just mm-hmm. too much. And you also know, unfortunately, somebody else is going to die. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. I mean, after Rodney mm-hmm. King, did we think it was going to stop? Right. And now yeah. names are hashtags. That's what they are. Yep. And if I have to see another photo of poor Breonna Taylor on social media, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just It's just too much. But then to watch this man handcuffed before he was even put on the ground, screaming, are you about to shoot me now? Right. I just yeah. can't. It's a lot. It is, it is definitely a lot. Um, so, you know, praying for the best. You know, shout out to Ben Crump and his team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the prosecution and everyone who's trying to seek real justice here. Let's hope that we get it. You know, I'm not going to rule it out. We'll see. There's always hope. But a lot of that testimony was so gripping to see the Mm. 17-year-old and the now 9-year-old. The the 9-year-old, yeah. I mean, that's the same age as my daughter. Right. And to hear her little voice. Oh, my god! You know, you say little voice. When she was speaking, I thought she was almost like an adult. I mean, I heard, you know, talk about her birthday was next week and she'll be 10. Yeah. But I mean, she was almost like just a little adult, you know? Think about what at nine she saw and took in. Mm. Just trying to go to the store. She'll never be the same. Never. And those pictures of her, her little wild curly fro all over Mm. the place, she just looked like the cutest little picture of innocence. Yeah. And look what she had to see. To see that and then to also be uh, in the middle of what's now a global news story is that media coverage and people asking you the same questions over again and now you got to relive it in court you know. it really does say something about those police officers one that yeah. you know they had zero empathy for the victim himself mm-hmm. george floyd but the fact that they knew kids were around yeah. and continued no one even said you know what Someone get them out of the way. Let's move around. Can we shift him around? Right. No. You had a, uh, an EMT there. Yeah. He could have saved his life. And, and other people that could have and tried to save his life. And, and that didn't matter either. And let me uh, give it, it a shout out to that brother who's a martial arts expert. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out. Because he was giving them sheer hell as much as he could. And the, the line that just took it on home. I call the police on the police. On the police. I also heard that he said, as the defense counsel says, he's. I'm. You were. Would would it be fair to say that you're getting angrier and angrier? He was yeah. like, no, I was getting more professional and more professional. Yes. Because again, they're trying to paint us as being angry. Absolutely. When we're watching a murder in progress, right. a state-sanctioned murder in progress. Mm. That's yeah. what we're living with, Matt. I know. All of these things. <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? Just since our last conversation, mostly. Yeah. I stress to my clients on the daily, you've got to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on. You don't even know the trauma 
that you are ingesting mm. just by in- yeah. existing at this very point in time in mm-hmm. this season. So y'all yep. turn off the TV, shut down the news feed on your social media, take some mm-hmm. time to nurture you and your family. Cause one, yep. the one thing we've learned is life is precious. I mean, I oh, feel yes. incredibly blessed. I told Joni this morning going into school, we made it this far. We're exactly. all still yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Meaning my family. Right. A lot of friends aren't here anymore. Right. And what you've lived through and what other people can't celebrate yeah. today or may not be able to celebrate in the future. or Yeah, it's it's astonishing the thing what we've been through. And we got to lean into gratitude. Otherwise, we will mm-hmm. lose our minds. Yep. yep. Matt, so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. I like having you on very regularly. It's good. It's kind of like this <laughs> level setting kind of pulse check, check for everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Make sense of what doesn't make sense. So. Where can everybody follow you online? Um, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all at Mr. Prune Juice. That's at MR Prune Juice, all one word. Very easy to follow me. If they're on YouTube, they can subscribe to my channel and click that little bell to get alerts so you can get all my videos. Fantastic. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you again for having me. Have a good one. You too. Bye. What an awesome conversation with Matt Stevens. He is the founder of the Matt Minute in Politics on YouTube. Check him out. You might even find him on national cable news talking about the very same issues that we talked about today. You know what? I want to remind you, we're in the middle of spring. Soon it will be summertime. How many of you are crushing your goals for your leadership and also for your life? Some of us have stalled. And the reason we can blame the pandemic and everything going on in life right now, I understand. But you know what? I understand so much that I am doing the NSC spring cleaning group coaching and I'm only taking 12 professionals and this is going to be your way to get the blocks out of the way, clear all of the cobwebs so you won't procrastinate, so that you won't be overwhelmed. We're going to get rid of those energy zappers and we're also going to look at an eight point work life integration exercise that's going to show you how to manage your life and your leadership all at the same time. You know what? These groups bond and you're going to make friends for life, but you're also going to accelerate your journey to being the best that you can be and have success. And why not get back on track before summer? If you want to be a part of this, just go to nsccoaching.co and register right there on the website. I hope to see you there. The other thing that I want to share with you is that the remix of No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say I'll Just Include Myself, will drop in May. I have a date too, but I'm not going to share it with you. And about that same time, there's going to be another related treat. You'll have to stay tuned to find out what that is. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark 
of No Silos Communications, LLC.